to me, baby. Talk nerdy to me, baby. Wow. Metal music. If and the metal head returns. Yeah, we back. I'm back. <laughs> yeah, I never left. I sit here all day, every day. In my chair in my house. Yes. How how have I not noticed this? You forget. Do not. Do not. Do not say that you are magic. It's magic. Uh, that was the last episode. Yes, but that doesn't mean I'm not magic. Ugh. So, moving right along from Amy's apparent magic nature. Excuse me, today's <laughs> topic, we're back to music. Music! But specifically, Concerts. live music. <laughs> live music. Y'all seem to really like hearing about bands, so... Today, we're going to talk about the concerts that we've been to. We're going to talk about the bands whose faces we saw. Yay! And I actually have seen their faces. Because it makes me think of, like, if you went to a Daft Punk concert, you can't say that. That's true. Unless you got a VIP tour. Oh, yeah. But we have not seen Daft Punk. No, we have not. We have seen other things. But we've only seen one concert together. And so we will close out with that. Stay tuned if you're curious. Yeah, make it through the... The rest of the episode. Come on. Come on. Finish the episode. My stomach is having its own concert right now. No concert. Yay. So for me, I think I'm going to have to go try to go as much in chronological order for me as I can, just because it helps my brain. That's cool. But you can do whatever you'd like. I'm going to start just with an honorary mention. Okay. Go ahead. Go right ahead. Uh, Which is the only ever reggae concert I've ever been to, which was Reggae on the Mountain. Um, which I only went to because I was working for a beverage company. And if you ever go to, like, stalls for, uh, different things and you see the girls there in, like, the the t-shirts of the company and shorts, I was that. (laughs) Uh, one of the ones I went to... It was sponsored by Rockstar, so there were a lot of people with Rockstar shirts. Well, this was a reggae one. It was uh, Marley-related, the thing that I was working for. And so we were just handing out drinks and stuff, but there had, like, Ziggy Marley and a couple other people, which was really interesting, and also just a completely different crowd than I've ever been around before. Apparently he lets his son have birthday parties at Dave & Buster's. That's fun. I have never been to Dave & Buster's. I want to go to Dave & Buster's, because I never went to Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, but it sounds like it's expensive. Mm, Too bad. We should go then. Let's go. And not wait for a birthday because those are over. Yeah, those (laughs) are over. But Concerts. Concerts are over. The ones that we've been to already. Yeah, that's true. Um, So that's just an honorable mention just because it's technically a concert I've been to, but I wasn't there for the concert. Would you like to go next? Uh, Yeah, so my first one, I remember this one vividly. Uh, I like inside. I like inside. I thought concerts. you were gonna say in sync, and I was like, I do like in sync. But when it comes to concerts, uh, oh, that reminds me of a sad story. My sister and her neighbor that was the same age, they got to go to the in sync concert, and I was too little, and they didn't let me go, so I had to stay home and did not get to see in sync. But they got me a T-shirt. I mean, I'm glad they got you a T-shirt. But I was sad because I never got to see them. But anyway, you never know. The first one I did get to go to was uh it was Mastodon, who's one of my favorite bands 
and Death Clock, which is the fictional band from Manalocalypse, the Adult Swim show. Oh. Um, and yeah, it was inside. It was uh, the Fillmore. I keep wanting to the Palladium, but not the Palladium. But a very similar setup. Uh, it's like an inside sort of ballroom kind of thing. So I like those because you get really up and clear. Up close and personal, <laughs> up close and personal with uh, the bands, and yeah. so it's just a matter of working your way to the front. Um, but I got pretty close uh, in that one, and it just it just it's like a more intimate setting, which I I prefer over like a a large uh, like amphitheater or anything like that, or a stadium or, or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I had so much fun. Uh, I'm trying to see the first band. Uh, who was the first band? I remember the first band being okay. I don't. I don't remember who it was. Oh, oh yeah, it was High on Fire. There you go. So, funnily enough, uh, the opening band High on Fire was how the members of Macedon met. They met at a High on Fire concert. Ooh. And. This, like they met each other there and decided to start a band after that and the rest is history uh, but yeah I thought that was kind of a full circle thing uh, yeah they were good and then it was um, who uh, it was it's one it was just one word it started with the C not a bad word but uh, not like carnage but it was something like that Some, corn but the knockoff corn right yeah <laughs> these guys were definitely a knockoff uh I didn't like them. It was a, like a heavy screamo band, but uh, the lead singer was just terrible. I didn't like his voice at all. It, what was funny and what was kind of frustrating about it was like everyone else in the band was good, and when they let the guitarist sing, I didn't like. I, I didn't mind his scream. Like it was good, uh, but the lead singer just. It was just. It was so his voice was just so grinding. I'm like I don't like this. Uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to remember the name of the band, but I feel like my brain is. Well, if it comes to it's you, it's blocking feel free it out. To I will probably interject. shout it out, but yeah, um, it was just yeah. But then Mastodon came, and then uh, that was when my personal favorite album. That was when it was brand new, and so they played through that, and then did some of their old stuff. But that was awesome. And then uh, Death Clock played, of course. And at the end, uh, Brendan Small, who's the creator of the show who voices most of the characters, and he sings Nathan... He does Nathan Explosion, who sings. Um, and he was, like, bouncing through the different voices, talking to the audience. And he's like, You guys have fucking chandeliers? That's brutal. That's so metal. Uh, and it was just so funny. Uh, and they had little things, because they have, like, their henchmen people in the show. Mm -hmm. The little hooded guys. And he was like, Give it up. It's henchman number 357's birthday today. Because they had, like, little animated videos that they would have in between things that was really funny uh but yeah that was my first concert and it was so much fun that's why i went back there to that spot a couple of times that's where the Fillmore is where i went to a couple of them was that out here no this was back in north carolina okay. yeah that was like 2009 2010 so how old were you uh i was like 16 okay yeah Cool. Uh, the only concert I ever went to in Florida was with my entire family, and we saw Lone Star. 
Oh, boy. Because if you don't know this, uh, Florida is really big into country music. I am not. <laughs> we <laughs> almost went to... Uh, we almost had a country something oh. or other oh, yeah. on this list for both of us. No, uh, my family, when Casey and I went back to visit, uh, were planning on going to a country concert at one of the uh, outdoor bars in oh, Fort Myers or something. But uh, we got rained out, so... I'm glad that the concert we went to together ended up being our first concert together, so... So am I. <laughs> um, but we saw Lone Star. It was a really weird thing, and it's probably why I never really went to concerts until later. Because it was just such a weird experience, because it was literally in, like, an auditorium setting. And, like... Like a school auditorium, but it wasn't a school auditorium because the building was not a school, but it was just like a really weird setting and I don't know, it was just like a weird experience and my family really enjoyed it and it was before like my mom fell out of country music and so Lone Star was just like popular at that time because I feel like it had to be like 2004 yeah, that sounds peak Lone Star. <laughs> yeah, it, it was way back then. Um, but it was just weird. Like, I I feel like that experience is why I kind of had written off concerts. Because, like, I don't think they did bad. Like, they did a good job. They sang their songs. They sounded like Lone Star. But I, it was just not exciting. And it wasn't, like... I don't feel like the people who were at that concert were super passionate about it. Mm. And one of my favorite things as I moved forward in my life of, as a concert goer, what is that, like, I really enjoy when the people who are there are, like, into it, mm -hmm. and they really want to be there. Because it's one of the few times, like, you're going to be in a space with people and you all really love the same thing, and you feel like we're not, like, a weird gathering of people. We're a gathering of people who are here to enjoy the same moment. Yeah. Anyway, Lone Star... Florida. I think it was in Tampa. I don't know what it was called. I th so I think the no next... one bought any shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I th that was my tradition for a long time, and I had to get a shirt. I'm not that big on merch. Like I I don't dislike it. I have a couple things that I've gotten, but for the most part, I've really only got merch for like two bands or two music things mm. in my life. Yeah, that was my... I, I've kind of fallen off of it because money, but uh, that was always my tradition. I had to get, like, a shirt or something. Uh, so I think the next one I went to uh, was... Uh, I, I'm just trying to... There are two concerts that are interchangeable. Like, they were pretty close to each other. I, just for this sake. Both? Yeah, no, I am, but I'm just trying to remember if, if I remember which one was first. But let's go with uh, Maroon 5. Yeah. Uh, my friend uh, that I was in the community theater show with, she was like, "Hey, I've got an extra ticket to train in Rune Five, and I'm I really like train a lot, and so I was like, yeah, that sounds fun. I was at an amphitheater setting, so uh, it's kind of the reverse of like a lot of places where the farther out uh, places have seats and like actual chairs and stuff, and then you have the pit. Uh, this one was reversed because you have the lawn." where everyone mm -hmm. sits down literally on the lawn, and then you have seats at the front. Uh, but, yeah, so Gavin DeGraw opened. He was cool. 
He's fine. Yeah, you know. I, it, his one song still annoys me because it was so overplayed. Oh, That one? It might be that one. No, it's the, oh no, it's the, it's his first song. It's, yeah, he had two songs. Yeah. It was, uh. It's the other one that I'm thinking Yeah, of. I can't remember either, but, yeah. It was, he was fine. Uh, and then Train played, which was really, they were really good. I like Train. Um, but, the, before then, like, I liked Maroon 5, but I wasn't, like, super into them. But their concert was really good. That's and good. I got into them a lot more after that. Uh, my friend made me a mix CD of some of their, of Train and Maroon 5, uh, to kind of get me in the spirit of it. And, uh, yeah, it was really good. It was, it was really nice because, uh, Adam Levine said that, uh, when they were first starting out, they had played at that venue, uh, but on the outside, they played in the parking lot as like part of a music festival. And he was like, it's so cool to be on the inside now, uh, headlining a tour for you guys. And I was like, that's really cool. And then, uh, for, I think it was, she will be loved. He got everyone uh, in the audience somehow magically in sync with each other, just like waving their arm back and forth. And I, I was like on the far left side at that point. And I just remember looking out and seeing like thousands of hands moving in synchronization. And to me, that was just cooler than just a bunch of lighters. Yeah. And like everyone's moving at the same time. And it was just, it was really amazing. And like everyone was literally in sync with each other at it they were in sync at a maroon five concert uh oh. oh but yeah that was that was really fun and i got beer spilled on me yay and i was like i think i was 17 or 18 so you just, just like, like i would just i just all of a sudden felt my back get immediately wet and sticky and i was just like and I was like, I'm going to smell like beer for the rest of the night. My parents are going to think I drank. Yeah. Just take your shirt off, wing it out, and like, <laughs> chug. <laughs> My parents were asleep when I got home that night. Uh, but, yep, yeah, that was fun. Made me appreciate them even more. They put on good show. Yeah. They, they do good show. Your turn. Uh, so, once I moved out to California... Uh, pretty much began my concert going life. The first one being uh, one of the first times uh, one of my really good friends and I hung out. We had bonded bonded over the Vlogbrothers and we went to a very, very small club in like a small town of California that started with the P and I can't think of the name of it. Uh, to see Hank Green and his band, who had just released a CD. And they were opened by Harry and the Potters. And it was one of those little just like mosh pit things. And so we got pretty close and it was it's just very fun to see just a bunch of people singing about We must save Jenny Weasley from the Basilisk. <laughs> <laughs> and, and all this kind of stuff. And Hank Green is actually like... His voice is an interesting voice, but he's just a fun song artist. So, like, he started with music when he did the uh, Osseo Deathly Hallows song on YouTube, which was that song that people were like, you spoiled it, you spoiled it. He put that song out before Deathly Hallows ever came out and spoiled and predicted the fact that Hedwig was going to die. 
Oh. And it was weird because some of the stuff he says in that song just like is right. <laughs> and it's really weird. Um, but he also has like, I'm a, oh, how does it go? I'm a mother pheasant plucker. And so, uh, it's That's a, one of the tongue twisters. Yep. I'm a mother pheasant plucker. I pluck mother pheasants. Yes. I'm the most pleasant mother pheasant plucker to ever pluck a mother pheasant. Yes. And <laughs> it's very funny to see someone sing that song live because you see how careful he is being as he is speaking. Because, like, you had to be a certain age, I think, to get in because it was a bar. Like, there was an open bar. But it was it was really interesting. And it was qu- quite different from what I had gone to before. And it was also the first time I'd gone to something where people were, like, nerding out about it and it was just it was a really good time and I hadn't heard much of like Harry Potter music before then because it was just part of a fandom I never got into I was always like do you dance like not that kind of Harry Potter music the music people make on Harry Potter that's all I know um and I got introduced to the Weasel King recently and he's really cool but I had never really gotten to the music side of Harry Potter fandom, and so this was like one of my first experiences with it, and I really loved it. It was really fun. I had stayed more towards like the online like fan fiction or what have you, and the Harry Potter musical before then, and it was just like my eyes being opened to this whole thing I never knew existed. But I really enjoyed it. It was fun. Nice. Let's see again. I just had to. I realized I technically have a few honorable mentions myself. Uh, cause with my, with my dad and my family, we went to like some bluegrass stuff. There's, uh, one band, they're from, uh, Switzerland called the Kruger Brothers and they were pretty big over there and pretty big like in the South and everything, but they know my, my family by name, especially my grandfather. Like they would call him out anytime they saw him in the audience. <laughs> uh, that's how nice and how much, you know, that's just my grandfather for you. Um. And then there, there was this other family, and uh, my my parents saw them very recently, for the last time. Like it was the last time they were performing together because he was there. It was like a family. It was two kids. Um, uh, the, the boy was the older one, and then the girl was the little girl. She would play the violin, violin, and he played the guitar. And when I saw them, they were like he was like ten, maybe ten years old, ten or eleven. And just playing it like nobody's business. And she was really good on the violin. I'm like, dude, they, they're putting me to shame. But uh, And then when I was here, uh, I think it was like 2014, uh, I, went, I, was in the, I was in a show where I went to my first convention in uh, Escondido, which is right next to San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, and we... After the convention was over, there was a little concert, and um, there was one little band of two girls, and they were had a song about Fury Road, which had just come out, and um, then there's a band called I think it was called Green Jello, and it was like it was just, it was the craziest thing I ever saw, because it was uh, he was basically like metal making metal versions of. Uh, fairy tales and stuff because i remember one part was like often often blow your house in like just 
telling the story and just like making everyone sit down like little kids and then he picked people from the audience one of the most our, our fight choreographer who was super drunk at the time and he came out in a paper mache hand bone just dancing on stage it was just so goofy and oh ridiculous yeah it was the silliest thing I've ever been to um, but so the other concert that happened around the same time as Maroon 5 or at least to the point where I can't remember which happened first the chicken or the egg uh, it was Mastodon again for the second time, uh, but this time was in uh, Asheville, which is a mountain town, and it's a college town. It's very, it's hipster mountain, as I call it. Um, well, what's cool is that that's where the drummer's grandfather was from, mm-hmm. and so uh, anytime that they were in town, even if it was like kind of close by, like his Charlotte, where I, their film where is, was 40 minutes away from me, but... Um, his grandfather would still come to see the show. So anytime there was a show in North Carolina, the drummer's grandfather, the, the drummer's like my favorite drummer ever, um, his grandfather would always come to their shows. Aww, that's so cute. he would he would always call him out for it. Um, but that was that was probably that was one of my favorite concerts ever because that one I was literally against the stage. I was against the railing of the stage. Um, by the end of it. Uh, and that was one of, that was the first time where an opening act got me really, like, hearing an opening act got me really into them, which was, uh, Red Fang, and they played for them again later, or I saw them later in a different concert, uh, and I'm like, ha ha, I know them, uh, but, yeah, they were really good, and then a band who's no longer together that was really good and insane was, uh, Dillinger Escape Plan, which is... They were on. They're under the genre mathcore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I I do know mathcore. Those dudes were crazy. The singers, at first, he stuck his head into the audience because he had a shaved head, and everyone was just like rubbing his head, uh, including me. I rubbed his head, and then he did a stage dive, and we carried him back, of course. Uh, but yeah, I was like I touched his, I touched his head, uh, I rubbed his bald little head. And uh, they were crazy, and then I think that was, yeah, that was it until Macedon came, and that was like, uh, that was the first time at a concert where a band had played for a really long time, because they played for like an hour and a half, and I was like, yeah, and it was fun. That was just like, I was literally right up against them. Mm-hmm. I could almost reach out to them, uh, and so to me, anytime you get to be that close in an audience, uh at a concert, it's just always an amazing experience. So, yeah, that one was one of my favorites. Well, so good. Speaking of being, like, front row up at the front of the concert, um, the next one that I went to, like, by my choice, was I saw David Cook, American Idol winner David Cook, mm-hmm. uh, at the Troubadour. And it was him and his band that he's been with for years, even before uh, American Idol. And David Cook was, like, the only American Idol I, like, went hardcore for. I was like, no, I want you to win. And when David Archuleta lost, I was very happy. (laughs) Um, I wasn't the biggest David Archuleta fan. He wasn't my type. No offense to people who like David Archuleta. He just lost. (laughs) Um, So I went to the Troubadour with my mom because she loved it. And so I got tickets for us as a present. And we ended up right by the big base. Mm-hmm. And so our ears were dead by the end of it. But it was really, really fun. And you could see, like, people having a great time. There were a lot of, like, 
middle-aged mothers there. Because <laughs> he has a type. No. Yeah. But I love David Cook. His, like, he's underrated for, like, how good his, like, his initial CD, his second CD, and he's only had, like, three. But they're all really good. Like, he's a really good magician. Magician. Musician. <laughs> oh, I didn't know he was a magician, too. <laughs> He's a really good musician, and he puts on a really, really fun show, and he just gives it his all. The opening act was this other kid who did a really good job, whose name was, like, I think it was, like, Dylan Gardner, um, or something like that, who then followed me on Twitter hmm. for whatever reason, but it was really fun, and it was one of the first time I'd been at, like, the front of a mosh pit sort of thing, and I met these two kids there, and I say kids, they're not kids but it was a brother and sister who just go to concerts together and we're still friends on like instagram and facebook but it was i don't know it was the first time i had like bought tickets to for myself for a musical artist of my choice and gotten to go and do all that and it was really fun and i got to dress up and i got a guitar pick from it that was thrown out into the audience oh nice yeah and it was it was it Yes. Nice. It's an, it was just like, uh, so David Cook and like his American Idol win was really big for like my end of high school experience because I'm old (laughs) and it was really cool for me to have like that having been like a big send off kind of like musical thing and then having like moved to LA, settled down in LA and gotten to see him again in LA and just it felt like a connection and going around and being like look how far I've come since the last time the, that Dave Cook was the big thing and it was really cool. Also the Troubadour is really fun and a lot of fairly like big people go there for surprise shows. Yeah, where is that? Jupiter, it's downtown somewhere. But it's a smaller spot. Isn't it, it? It's very small. It's just like the little mosh pit bar yeah. thing. Uh, one thing I didn't get to get tickets to that happened only a few months after that was that's where Gerard Way went when he was doing his tour for Hesitant Alien. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think he also did one at the Fonda. Maybe. I don't know where the Fonda is. That's the one next to the Pantages. Ah. Um, this one is not there. It's... A different spot. I can't even remember anymore. But it's uh, the Troubadour. If you watch Last Call with Carson Daly, he goes and sits in there a lot when he interviews musicians. Hmm. Which which you find out if you stay up very late at night and just leave the TV on because you're trying to go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Fun fact. Yes. Uh, Okay. Huh? Oh, go ahead. So the next one is was interesting because it was like a tiny little bar. I, don't, I think it was called like the Orange Peel. I think that's what it was called, the Orange Peel. And it's it was, a good name for a bar. Yeah. Uh, and I heard a lot of people uh, go see like up-and-coming bands there. I think that's where a certain band uh, played when before I knew about them. And of course... Before the that, most of the world knew about them? Yes. I think they played at the Orange Peel. Oh, okay. Uh, so it was like that was like the spot for bands that were before they got big, um, but the opening act uh, was I mean it's just like this tiny little bar with a little stage on it, and uh, I think for the first band there were like seven of us in the audience, and four of them were me and my friends, <laughs> uh, but it was like 
it was just funny because the kids, yeah, they were basically like kids from, I think they were like still in high school or like had just graduated. Like they were super young. And the singer, it was all metal music. And whenever he would sing into the microphone, his eyes would like go up in the back of his head. Not because of like a thing. It was just like his little tick as he would sing. Um, and there were like a couple of times where he messed up. And I saw it on his face and was like, oh, but they were, they were really trying. Um, and then there was one, uh, the band after that was called Deaf Haven, which I like them live a bit more than I like their studio stuff, but they were there like really heavy, but the singer was like dressed really nicely and was by his merch table after the show. And like, we talked to him for a little bit. Um, the main band, which was after them called All Say, or they're a French metal band, but they don't. I call them uh, the elevator music of metal because it's very soothing in a weird way. Uh, but the singer and one of the other band members were just kind of hanging around the bar before the show started, and my friends were too nervous to talk to them. And I'm like, I'll go talk to them. So yeah, I did. That's the kind of person that Casey is. Yep. <laughs> so I did. And then uh, we talked to them a little bit after the show, too. Uh, but yeah, that was a good concert. It was, it was really fun. Like, they, it's just like, the most relaxing metal music you'll ever hear. Okay. <laughs> so relaxing that you could be a cat eating cat food and it wouldn't even be a problem. Arwen's hungry. <laughs> um, she's been sleeping this whole time. Yeah. But now she's awake. And so is the plane. So is the plane. The plane. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was a good little indie experience. Yeah. Indie band. Um... Well, we've reached the end of my small concert goings and the beginnings of I only ever have seen concerts in stadiums okay. <laughs> after this. Um, the first one is I saw, I, I ended up for like a little while being the plus one of people going to concerts. Lucky duck. Yeah. So I got to go see Muse. Um, Lucky duck. <laughs> at, I do believe it was at Staples center Mm -hmm. um and uh, i was very very lucky because my friend who i went to the hank green concert with uh the girl she was going with could not go anymore and the two of them were very very big muse fans and had spent a lot of money on pretty good really good seats and so it was fantagraph or fantagram Mm -hmm. and they were so amazing and but muse it it was for their most recent album, and the drones, and they, it was like a story, and they used, um, like the big sheets where you could do projections. Yeah. They used that for most Screams. of it. Yeah, those things. Well, sort of, except you could well, see through it. Yeah. Kind of like the one, excuse me, the one at the other concert. Yeah. Um, and so they would project like these like movie kind of things on it and sing to it and it was just like really cool like they are very good live they sound the exact same as they do on studio i've seen uh, some live videos of them and i love the thing that he that matt bellamy uses on his guitar mm-hmm. it looks like a little uh old touchpad on uh like old mac computers mm-hmm. uh and he would scratch that with his pick and that's how you would hear that's how you get a lot of the distorted sounds that he uses but I thought it was really cool. Yeah. No, and you can tell how talented they are. Yeah. And I will admit to, before having gone to that concert, 
been a having been a fan of Muse, but really only knowing like their bigger songs. Yeah. And it really made me go back and listen to all the other ones, and I've come to love a lot of the songs that aren't their big hits from them. Yeah. But they like they know how to put on like a show, like it is a legitimate like show like performance that you're watching. And, and I found that to be really cool because I, I had no idea what to expect. I hadn't seen any videos of it. I hadn't researched it. I didn't know anything of what was coming up. But it was it was very, like, space opera. Yeah. And it was so cool. And I highly recommend it if you have the ability to go see them to do it, especially if you get it for free. Yeah. Lucky, lucky duck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think the next one... We're still in North Carolina. Uh, you might have to lump together some because I don't. I think you're gonna. I think you have more than I do. Yeah. Uh, so we're back at the Fillmore, uh, where the first concert was, and it was. Uh, I don't remember who the. If it was just two bands, it might have just been the two bands. I don't remember the one in between. But the opening act was this band called Ghost, and then they changed their name because of like copyright reason there because there was like another band they changed it to ghost bc but uh they i was introduced to them on the way to the other mastodon concert that i mentioned yeah um but i describe them as satanic scooby-doo music and what pray tell is that <laughs> uh so it's like so ridiculous girls? sort of but dudes it's like the dude version of that Hex Boys? Sort of. Uh, so the the lead singer is called Papa Emeritus. Um, and he just comes out holding like this big pendulum. He's like, he looks like the Pope. Like he's the satanic Pope. Mm -hmm. And then everyone else is wearing like black hooded robes and everything. And you'd think it would be like some sort of heavy metal thing, but... His voice sounds like this. Like, it's very melodic, and so that's why it sounds like Scooby-Doo music. It sounds like something that would open for the Hex Girls. Uh, but it was just, it's just so silly. And I was expecting it to be a lot different than it was, but it was just super silly and fun. Just, I, I don't think it was meant to be taken seriously, Um because I know sure there would be a lot of people that are like, oh, God, they're like, worship the Daryl. I mean, their songs are all satanic, but there's just, it was almost whimsical <laughs> in a weird way. But, I mean, they were and they you, were really fun. You do Satanism the way you do Satanism. Yeah, I know. I guess so. Uh, but they opened for Opeth, which is a yep. Swedish band, and they're very interesting. Uh, and, yeah, it's a Swedish band that they have very hardcore music, but then also like the smoothest, most, it's very jazzy almost. Mm -hmm. And so, um, they, yeah, I missed them one time before, but that time they'd only did like the more melodic stuff. And that's how they don't really do any heavy music anymore. It's mostly just melodic. Uh, but yeah, they were, they were really good. Yes, Katie? Trying to get. In the difficult spot, trying to climb somewhere. She's trying to get into the Christmas presents. Oh, trying to get in the Christmas presents, huh? Yeah. I see. I see. But yeah, it was good. Another good one. Um, 
So we're getting to the point where I have a lot of duplicates. That's fine. Um, so the first other, like the first big concert I bought myself was for my birthday. My birthday, um, I bought myself and my mom uh, two tickets to go see Taylor Swift uh, for the 1989 tour. And it was at the Microsoft Theater, I want to say. Downtown? Um, mm-hmm. uh, over where they do a lot of like the movie premieres. Mm-hmm. And over where they have all the conventions, the LA Convention Center. With Anime Expo and all that. Which technically means I've seen more concerts because of Anime Expo, but I was working Anime Expo, so I haven't seen it. Like, it was different. Um, I can tell a story about Anime Expo. That's funny, but we're not going to do that right now. Um, And I love Taylor Swift. You know, I am unapologetically a giant fan of her. And she knows how to do, like, a concert. like Like, a big stadium concert. She has a lot of talent for that. So she's she had one of the songs, which was How You Get the Girl, where her entire outfit was, like, lights. And so it was all done with the lights and, like, the light of umbrellas and everyone. It was, like, a little rain thing. And it was so cute. And she does the two stages where she comes out to the second stage. And it was really cool because it was her first, like, big pop album. And so it was different than all the stuff I'd seen from, like her other tours, which were much more like, you know, they had their big moments and stuff, but this one felt more like a show. And I just, I really enjoyed it. And she's one of the few people I bought merch for. <laughs> Not just because it said 1989. But partially. <laughs> but partially. Um, and it was just really fun because for me, I've listened to Taylor Swift since I was 16. I've, you know, her music has evolved as my music tastes have evolved and it was a really big thing for me to be able to afford to have to buy tickets to it, to get to like go see it, to go to the big giant stadium and to just hear the songs that I really like. And that was one of the first concerts where I really had like that moment of like swaying to myself as I just like really like let the music wash over me Mm -hmm. and she does a good mix of old songs new songs and like different versions of songs and she had like a pop version of oh my gosh the romeo save me song oh love Love story Story. yeah that was just really like hypnotic and it was so cool and then her opening acts are also always amazing she had vance joy and haim and uh, Haim came out to do another song with her. But Haim does this really cool thing with these giant, giant drums and drumsticks where they all just do, like, this, like, dance drum thing. Mm-hmm. Which I know you can actually take as an exercise class. <laughs> but it was really cool. And then I just... Vance Joy I had heard, but I hadn't really, like, gotten into. And after that, I was like, wow, I like you so much more than I thought I would. I like when that happens. Mm-hmm. And she also... Uh, always has um, guests come on. And so she started that, I think, mainly with the 1989 tour. Like, that was a big showcase of it, was the fact that she would have, during style and all that, she would have people come out with her. Um, The night... This is probably the only downside. So the first time I saw Taylor Swift, I got the slightly less fun night 
versus the second time I saw Taylor Swift, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Um, the, the night I went, we had Beck and St. Vincent, wh who are awesome. You know, they do really, really great stuff. But the next night, the one after, was Justin Timberlake. <laughs> yeah. And would have been really, really, really cool because it's... Because... It's, it's just it, Timberlake. I mean, you don't have to sell me. And it was during the height of the mirror. Mm -hmm. like 2020 experience? Yep, the, that one. So it would have been really, really cool. But, you know, it got made up for it later, in a way. And, yeah, I really enjoy Taylor Swift concerts. I really want to be able to... There's very few people I would, like, try to pay the money to go down to the pit for. I would do it for Taylor Swift because I just really enjoy it. She puts on good shows. Oh, and her blank space performances are just funny. Like, they're just really funny. And she's also um, one of the ones who will do the stuff that floats above the audience and have the big walkovers. And so she knows how to use the space of a stadium. Mm -hmm. I know some other band that would do that, too. I do, too, and I'll talk about them later. Yep. But uh, we really should go a little faster. Oh, I know. Uh, mine are pretty pretty quick after this. Well, would uh, you like me to just talk about both Taylor Swift so I can just lump them together? Uh, if you want. You go first. Uh, so, one of my, back at the Palladium again, uh, I, it was opened again, but they were opened by Red Fang, mm -hmm. and so, full circle on that, and then uh, In Flames were playing, and they said they were recording, but I never saw anything about that show coming out or whatever, uh, but... Yeah, it was really good. Uh, the, I think it was, maybe it was the first time I saw Opeth. It was the first or the second time. He was like, yeah, uh, I'm a, I'm a mechanic, or I used to be a mechanic, and now I get to do this. And he was like, but seriously, you know, if you guys have any uh, car troubles or anything, let me know after the show. I'll help you out. <laughs> so I'm like, that's just cool. And he just looks like a super skinny Jesus. <laughs> okay. And so it's just funny that just... Super skinny Swedish Jesus is like, if you have any car troubles, I'll help you out. <laughs> I'm a mechanic. But yeah, that one was, uh, that one was real good. Yeah. Uh, and I'll just kind of lump these together, I guess, because some of these were kind of close together. Um, I saw Slash with Ooh. Miles Kennedy. Um, I've always wanted to do Slash as a Halloween costume. <laughs> it doesn't work so much now that I've cut my hair, but one day. Uh, I don't remember who opened for him um but yeah it was good because miles kennedy was from uh alter bridge mm -hmm. who mike's was like obsessed with and his voice is phenomenal so that's like they sang a couple of guns and roses songs and i was like he should just sing for guns and roses <laughs> he should just be the main singer because he's amazing uh but slash had a like a 15 minute guitar solo at one point during the show and like it was cool for like the first five minutes, and then afterwards, everyone's just like, okay, can we... Are you done? Nope, nope, no, you're not done. No, you're... Oh, nope, he's still not done. Uh, should we go get a drink or a, or a snack or something? Oh, 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 oh no, I think he... Nope, no, he's still gone. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was that was a that was a fun concert. Um, and then the big one, the probably the biggest one, was Not Fest. Oh, yeah. And this was the second time they had done it. Um, and so I... I the first night was a lot of like indie sort of metal bands, uh, so we went the Saturday and Sunday, um, 
and because uh, Mastodon played on Saturday night. I was more into Mastodon than the other people with me were, but that's okay. <laughs> they aren't as good. Uh, they only got to play like 35 minutes or so, so I wasn't used to them playing in such a short set, but um, I like them better on the inside because all of our time together has been inside. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, it was amazing. Corn played before um, Slipknot. They were fantastic. Uh, before Corn was Bring Me the Horizon, and yeah. you know I know a lot of people like that. They were they were pretty good, but they tried to make everyone in the audience sit down. Oh uh, yeah. And uh, I know some people that were with me that were mad because they're like, "That's Slipknot's thing. You don't do that." And like only a small handful of people actually sat down and listened to them because most people were like, "What? Why? I don't really like. You're fine, but." Yeah. And then later when Slipknot came out and was like, everybody sit down, whoosh, everyone in the audience just completely dropped. <laughs> it was so funny. Like, yes, yes, whatever you said, Mr. Taylor. Yes, we do what you say. Uh, but yeah, there were a bunch of good bands, uh, like All That Remains, uh, Trivium. I saw Guar. They were fine, but they're just silly if you know anything about Guar. Uh, but that was when the Mad Max video game had come out, which mm -hmm. I had played the crap out of. Uh, the newer one? Yeah, the video the video game. Uh, and they had like the one of the buggies from the from the game in it out like on display and it, it was fact, uh, the bad guy in that is Travis William. Uh yes. Uh and so the whole event was sponsored by Rockstar, so we just had Ah, full circle for this conversation. Yep. We just had Rockstar upon Rockstar upon Rockstar energy drinks for two days. So we were pretty wired. Ah, today. But yeah, I mean, that was that was one of the best concerts I've ever been to. Because uh, Corey Taylor from Slipknot was, he was like, my friends, no, my family. Like, he was just so excited to be there because this was their concert. Yeah. And this whole event was for them. And uh, they merged with Ozfest the next year, and then it not Slipknot wasn't even there. It was Stone Sour, and I was just like, oh, so it's not even Not Fest anymore. So I was glad that I went when I did. Uh, but yeah. Yay. Uh, I will wrap up my Taylor Swiftness. Yes. As we go from metal back to Swift. Taylor Swift. Swift. Uh, <laughs> um, the second time I went to see her was at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena and was with two of my best friends and we all were just so excited for it and she was opened by Camila Cabello and Charlie XCX and then the special guest was uh first it was Troye Sivan and I'm like that's fine and then it was Selena Gomez and I'm like I'm here for this um because as much as I love my alternative music I also do enjoy my pop music um but this was, so Reputation is, like, the big F you to all the people who, like, want to make fun of Taylor Swift. And there, at one point, she's on the second stage, and just from the below, from the center of the earth, rises this gigantic-ass snake. <laughs> just, it towers, it's, it was as tall as, um at least from my perspective, as the stage to the top of the like, round part over the stage. Dang. And it was huge. And I know it has a name, and I can't think of the name. But 
we also, we ended up on the better night of the people being there with, like, Selena Gomez and all of that. But it, she just had fully embraced this, like, you're calling me a snake, I'm gonna be the queen queen of snakes. And <laughs> like, Taylor Swift at Slytherin, I am here for this. <laughs> um, she also, like, did a lot of her older songs that she never does anymore because they're, like, from the country era of stuff. And so she merged a couple songs together, and she merged together... Um, one of her songs with Long Live, which is a song that holds, like, a very, very special place in my heart, and I might have, like, cried a little bit, (laughs) because it just, like, hit me, and I felt really weird about it, um, but she, like, (laughs) Metal! (laughs) It's a metal concert in my belly! (laughs) Um, she is really good at putting on a performance, and she, like, brought you to church with don't blame me and I did something bad and it's just like it was very cool to see just owning yourself and I loved it and I was I'm definitely one of the ones who like I really liked the Reputation CD and all the music on it and the direction that she went with it and just getting to see all of this like I don't give a crap anymore um, was really really fun and again she just puts on such a fun show like it's so like you just have such a good time and i love it and she has cool little things where she just talks to the audience about different things that she's thinking about and all this to wrap it up and then suddenly you start hearing the beginnings of a song you're like oh i see what you did (laughs) (laughs) and you get slapped on the shoulder sometimes (laughs) um passion (laughs) but yeah so that was uh my big taylor swift experiences um, there's one other band I've seen twice. Nope, two other bands I've seen twice. Did you have any more you wanted to talk about, too? Or? Uh, yeah, I can blow through at least really quickly. Uh, so one was at the Greek, the Greek theater, which is where Get Him to the Greek, he ends up. It is, and it's also where A Star is Born filmed. You would know because you were an extra there. I was. Uh, but yeah, so it was at the Greek, it was Nightwish. I can't remember the first band's name, but they were really good. And then Sabaton, which I I know a particular friend that's very fond of them. They're, uh, I think they're Swedish, uh, but it's just a dude wearing sunglasses and army pants, jumping up and down, singing, like, battle anthems. It's They're super <laughs> silly and fun. Uh, but yeah, Nightwish was the band, uh, which are one of my all-time favorites. And, I mean, they're just, they're just insanely good and insanely talented. Uh, and... They're on their third singer, which I thought was going to be... Because she kind of came on as a replacement. And so I figured, I was like, oh, she's probably going to be okay. But I was like, dude, she might be the best singer they've ever had. Just because really? she was so good. Her is name it... is Floor. Floor Jansen. Ooh. Uh, is it always a lady singer? Yes, it's always been a lady singer. Um, starting, I think, in 2002 was the first album with Marco, their bassist. When they replaced their bassist with Marco, uh, he sings too. But, uh, yeah, I, so good, so good, just because they're all about film scores, and so everything just feels epic. Mm -hmm. Uh, I used one of their songs they pretty much end their concerts with, which is Last Ride of the Day, appropriately. I used that for a Lord of the Rings little video, but, yeah, I mean, they're amazing, and they're one of my favorite bands. Um, shortly after that, or not, I guess a little while after that, I saw Mastodon one more time. (laughs) (laughs) 
uh, at the Palladium. This was the first, I think it's the only concert I've been to by myself. I was supposed to have uh, Eric, who used to work with us, he was going to oh, go, yeah. but he couldn't He couldn't make it out, so I was like, I'll just go by myself. And it was a interesting concert. Uh, the first band was a metal band, but they were all instrumental. They didn't sing at all. So, uh, but they were, they were fun. Um, and then Eagles of Death Metal was the other band. They were good. Um, they started, uh, with, uh, Josh Homme from Queens of the Stone Age. Mm -hmm. Uh, he played with, he usually played with them. He wasn't there. I thought he was going to be because he, he was in town, but he wasn't, he wasn't playing with them. Uh, but they were good. They did a cover of, uh, Moon Age Daydream. Because it was right after David Bowie passed. Mm -hmm. So they did that as a tribute. It was really good. Uh, but yeah. And then Mastodon was so good. Uh, I just... It was... I, that was the other time I also got right against the stage. But I was just around all the sweaty dudes. And it was just a mixture of beer, pee, sweat, body odor. All of the gross smells. And I was just like, I just need to get home and shower. Because I was just in a inner circle of disgusting dude smells uh but worth uh, it <laughs> oh one more yeah um before the big one oh uh, i have one more before the big one. yeah so i i missed this one so like two concerts before that was i got free tickets to uh 6 a.m they were pretty good they just played a little bit too long they played for an hour and a half and they kind of dragged and they, it was good. Like, the end, they had confetti and stuff. And it was, like, it was a good show. It was just like, okay, excuse me. It was just, like, too long, I think. It was just the only time I felt the band just played for too long. Uh, the opening band was a Japanese band, which I I was like, that voice sounds so familiar. Is it? And it turned out, yes, it was. Uh, he was the singer of a different band that did the end credit song for the Full Metal Alchemist movie. Uh -huh. So I was like, I know that voice. Uh, but the band I was there for in between was Apocalyptica, mm. which if you guys don't know, it's a band comprised of four cello players, and sometimes they have a person sing, uh, but they started off doing covers of Metallica songs, uh, but they only got to play for 40 minutes, so I was pretty bummed about that. That's the guy like, you made a friend on the street about. Yes, yesterday I was wearing my Apocalyptica shirt, and someone uh, passed by on the street and was like, dude, I love them, and we was talking about that, and so I made a friend based on that, uh, but yeah, that was it. The Nokia Theater hey. downtown. Oh, don't eat the bad stuff. Uh, but yeah, it was a fun concert and it was free, so there you go. Um. So. Now one... I'm ready for the ultimate. Okay, I have one more before that. Yeah. So I've seen Panic at the Disco twice. Mm. Um, the first, and I've seen it with the same two girls both times, and it. The first time was at the forum. The second time was at Microsoft. Um, and I... He puts on such a great show. I agree, Kitty. Um, the, so the first time we saw it, he was definitely sick. But he still, like, gave it his all. And, like... But you could tell his energy was a little down. The second time, he was fully charged. And is bouncing off the walls insane. He has just such an amazing voice. And he does the thing where he floats above um, the everybody as he does, like, a ballad. 
And the second, when we went the second time, I'm lumping these together because he does, his concerts are very similar, but they're always just really fun. So the first one was for a Death of a Bachelor tour, and he did uh, Queen Bohemian Rhapsody as he was, like, up in the air. Mm. And the second time, he did... <sighs> he did one song going over that bled into his song. Mm-hmm. And the thing, though, was he was not strapped in on this floating piano. And he was just, like, turning around everywhere. And I was like, please don't fall and die. Please don't fall and die. Please don't fall and die. We'll catch you, but please don't fall. Yeah, but it was gorgeous. And his opening act for his second one was Haley Kiyoko. Um, and she's just, like, she's... An, an amazing dancer, which I did not know, uh, but she's super fun and was just super high energy, and I really enjoyed getting to see her because I'd never seen her do anything live, and it made me appreciate her like a whole lot more as an artist. Um, but during their performance, like him and his bassist, he has this female uh, guitar bassist, and she's just fun. I like her a lot. She has attitude and is just like sass everywhere. But he just, he bounces everywhere. He's running over here. He's running over there. He does the high notes when he doesn't need to just because he can. And it's like, it's really cool to know he could hit those no matter what he's doing. And then at one point he just decided like, let's just strip off my shirt and run around and do all this kind of stuff. And I mean. It's funny you mention that because there's something, a little quick tidbit that I forgot. I mean, all I really want to say is. Panic at the Disco puts on a really, really awesome performance, and his vocals match up from his album to his in, to real life, which I think is amazing and mind-boggling, and I highly recommend going to see them, because it's super fun. It's always nice when they can do that, when they sound like they do from the, from the album. Especially because he does such crazy things with his voice that you're like, is this? And it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, one little thing I forgot was... Uh, Amoeba did a little, had a little, they have little shows there sometimes, and they had where? silver, they have, uh, like, where, like, the, the, before you go into, like, the other area, you know, where it's, like, separated off, like, to where, like, the jazzy stuff is in the back, right, there's a little stage, and they'll okay. just clear stuff out right there, and just have the stage there, um, but Silver Sun Pickups, which is a fun indie band played there, they did an acoustic set, and at one point, uh, they didn't have their drummer with them. It was just the singer and the lady who's also a bassist. Um, and she was just doing the little bass run for Panic Switch, which is one of their good songs. And he just decided he just wanted to run around in the store. So he just he ran off the stage and ran around the store, just did a little lap and was just running around and then came back and kept playing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, Sorry, was... I have to get my cardio right now. Yep, he was just super funny. He's like, I just want to run around a little bit. And so he, so he did. Uh, but without no further ado, the concert you've been to once for free and once with me. <laughs> we went to see 21 Pilots. Uh, the first time I went was with uh, one of my really good friends who I went to Panic at the Disco both times with. Uh, she had bought two tickets without knowing who the other person would be to go with her because she just wanted to go so badly. And she invited me, so we went. And it was so phenomenal. They are still, like, the best concert experience. Like, at that point, with that first concert, I was like, this is the best live concert I've been to. Like, they're just, they're made to do this. And they, 
just did such a great job, but I'm going to save that for us talking about ours because it's going to be me repeating myself. Yeah, because I know they did a lot of the same things, but it's it seems like it doesn't wear off. No, it, <laughs> the majesty it, doesn't it, wear it's off. still amazing, and it's like updated and all kinds of stuff because they didn't have all of the stuff that they had for this one. Yeah, so would you say overall that this one was better? Because they had the other stuff and they had the Trench album this time? I mean, music-wise, I love it all so much. What they added to this just enhanced it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, You mean like in the form of a flaming car, perhaps? Uh, That was part of it. One of the things that I... Here's the only thing I will also add from the other one. They had a really, really awesome um, drum moment with screens and, like, multiples of Josh Dunn um, during his, like, drum solo thing that he was doing. That was the only thing they didn't do this time that I was like, that was an amazing moment. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, this one started with a flaming car. And we'll start with a torch. And then a flaming car. And then a flaming car. The uh, one from uh, Heavy Dirty Soul. That was on fire and jump shoot. Yes. So the car that's on fire is on gets set on fire in the end of the Heavy Dirty Soul music video. That is then the same car that you see just coming off fire in the beginning of the jumpsuit video. Do you think they use like the literal same car or just get the same model? Uh, or, like just set on fire again? <laughs> it depends on how much they knew they were going to do that. Because yeah. Heavy Dirty Soul is a very interesting music video because it came out like a significantly later from that album. So they could have already had a plan. Mm. That's good also, if you would like to have a podcast all about music videos, let me know. <laughs> I think we talk, I think we will do that one. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely willing to go there. Or did we do? Did we, we haven't do? done it yet. Oh, okay. I think we just talked about it. We, we talked haven't about done that yet? No. Oh, man. All the things. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this was my first experience with two stages and walking across the audience and everything. That so. was new. So the big lift down, they did not have last time. Last time mm. they did a walkthrough. Oh, this walkthrough. Yeah, this yeah. time there was a bridge. Yep. There was a bridge over the people into the other stage. And it lit up. Yes. And, uh, and they made a joke about, you know, I get to use this more because he gets to do this other stuff. Because he's the drummer. He can't... He's not as... He's not as mobile. Walk, yeah, he's not as mobile. Uh, and so eventually he did get to go across yeah. the thing, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, so I like that they have jokes and they have, they legitimately have fun with what they're doing because it's so infectious. I mean, you've got like flips, you've got bait and switches. Like they just pull out. I've never seen got, a band pull out all the stops like they do. You got pull your shirt over your head and dance. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have the... Like, one of their iconic things, I think, is because, like, they're known for, like, the beanie masks and all that kind of stuff, is to do that and at some point switch out Tyler Joseph for somebody else and... (laughs) (laughs) All the sounds. (laughs) Do you want that to stay? Yeah, I do. (laughs) So... Twenty-one pilots. All the stops pulled out for this episode. <laughs> oh, we have kitties running by. We have farts. We've got everything. Oh my gosh. Um, 
was Mirror Your Heroes we were talking about. We were talking about Bane Switch. Yeah, uh, I think Ski Mask is the word you were looking for. <laughs> yeah, uh, and he appears up in the, like, balcony seating. Close to us. Very close to us during this one, um, which, which is really amazing. He also did a backwards dive off a stage into the pit. Or whoever was pretending to be him did that, because he did that, and then he popped up. Yeah. Well, he just kind of did, like, a, a, a giant fall. Yeah. Oh. He didn't backflip into it, but... No, but, like, a backwards dive yeah. is a backwards fall. Anyway, he fell into a pit. Yes. It was very Cirque du Soleil. Where the car, where the car used to be. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. Um, and they just, like, they have fun talking to the audience, and they do such a good, like, spread of music. Yeah, because their music is very diverse within their own catalog, and so yeah. they don't just do all the fast, rappy songs, and they don't do all the ballads together. Like they just mix it all together in a really, really good way. Yeah. <laughs> um, and on their second stage, they did the projection stuff with like the curtains that come down, and you can see the different things. And it was rain. Like they had rain. They had their faces, and. Um, the last time, so they always do a car radio like switch yeah to run over there um but last time the song they did on the second stage was cancer mm-hmm. which was really really amazing oh yeah that's also something they always do is they always bring out uh everybody yeah and they they do they did covers yeah so th- they do that every time yeah which was not cancer cancer was a different thing mm. but because they have an official cover right, of they it do. Yeah. but yeah they bring out their opening acts um to do more to do like some covers of random songs so they did hey jude and uh iris is the iris yeah, yeah from goo goo dolls yes and that was really fun so you had a dude that i didn't know and an awol nation yeah i was i didn't know and the awol nation was playing until the day before why are you where are you yeah. what are you looking at oh i'm uh, just zoning oh uh and so i was really excited for that they had a really good moment where he, the singer wanted everyone to put on the the lights on their flashlights on their phones and got everyone to do the wave across oh, yeah, that the was audience. Fun. Uh, it was really fun. I love uh, AWOL Nation, who I discovered when I shortly after moving here. Uh, that's a whole other story about the song Sale. But, <laughs> uh, of course, that was their closing song. But I liked it. He took a minute. The singer from AWOL... Uh, Took a minute to talk about, like, this is where he's from. He's from a place not too far from here. And uh, he was just talking about, he acknowledged the fires that are going on right now in California. And so it got a little emotional. But I really liked AWOL Nation. Um, and before he left the stage, he put on the Bandito jacket. So I like the idea that they're all, they all support each other and they're all fans of each other's work. So... And you could also tell, like, how much uh, 21 Pilots was enjoying the fact that people cared about their songs. Oh, yeah. Like, I, th- I think that was one of my favorite things. And um, during Neon Gravestones, one of the moments that just, like, hit me in my heart was uh, the very last lines of that song. Like, people were singing along to it, but not, like, too much when they're, like, find your grandparents, someone of age, pay their you know, to the like they were dedicated. When they got to the the line, now that should be celebrated, everyone was just louder. And it just was, like, it hit my heart in, like, a very, 
like big place and I thought that was one of the coolest moments from that concert for I me. I should note before he did that and before he did all of that, um, he talked they he talked about their dads mm-hmm. and he was like they He's like, there needs to be a point where we sit down because <laughs> our legs get tired. And so since we were up in the seats uh, up at the top, we sat down for that part of the the concert because it was at the request of their fathers. Yes. <laughs> the 21 fathers. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, some of the stuff, it just, I, I've described it to a lot of the people how the concert went, but some of it just... Like, I'm just like that proud parent, like, look, look at this, look, 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 look what they did. But part of it, uh, I specifically don't show the end part of it because there's just some things that they do that, that just have to be seen yeah. and experienced for yourself. Um, their ability to interact with the pit is so cool. I mean, they literally put a drum set on a, a little platform and have let the audience hold it. hold it so Josh can drum. Yes. And they did that they for for this concert they did that during uh the part of the song that's just going like not done. Not done. Not done. Josh done. And I thought that was fun cuz I love that moment. I think it's funny. Um and well this concert definitely made me also like Pet Cheetah more. Yeah. Uh, that was their bridge crossing song, and it just got everyone pumped. I'm like, and just there was smoke effects. There were just there were fire extinguishers. There was just <laughs> there was everything. Uh, like it's the ultimate description of a show. Yeah. Uh, not just like a perform. It was just a show. Yeah, and you can tell like they shine like they they know they're good at this part and they enjoy it and they have a passion for live shows and it's it it's probably the one i would recommend going to the most yeah i just it's very impressive to see people who are so young because i mean the oldest there are only two members there's only two people one of them's 30 and one of them's 29 doing all this crazy stuff and on top of that, their lyrics are great. Like, come on, man. Yeah. They just, they got talent. Like, in all the spades. So many spades of mm-hmm. talent. <laughs> we, need to, we need to go to yes, the concert again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, we need to go. Yeah. It's been a long episode. Yeah. We tried, but 21 Pilots, they're so good. Uh... But yeah, thanks for watching, guys. I hope you guys Listening. see that. Yes. Uh, the only shout-out I think we need left to make is uh, My Chemical Romance. Please Do come back. Co- please come back. We will spend all the money on you. Yes. And I'll go into even more debt for you. Yes. Uh, until, until then. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Goodbye. Stop Tell your friends. Hi, too. Hoo.